Here's an intriguing question. How many freshmen will be? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, fight on everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, what are we? We are free, and uh, we do appreciate you coming along for the ride. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, there's a like button. It's much appreciated. And if you haven't been, if you haven't become a subscriber yet, it's also free. It's really easy. All you got to do is click that red subscriber button, and that would mean a whole heck of a lot. To those of you who already have, thank you. Again, much appreciated. So the question is, I want to know how many freshmen could possibly be a starter coming out of spring camp. I'm going to go over uh, some names in the next segment. Uh, One or two might be mentioned in this segment, though, uh, while we continue with the, uh, the dueling top 20 intriguing player storylines list between my my own personal submission that I gave to Eric McKinney at WeRSC.com where we have our uh, compiled top 20 intrigue list. So um, as a reminder, March 4th is when spring camp is scheduled to, uh, to kick off. And um, As of now, the guys from WeRSC, here are the two comparative lists. The names who have come off the board so far. Remember, the higher the number, uh, the the minimal amount of intrigue as you build up towards the number one intriguing player and storyline. So for WeRSC, all of our cumulative combined efforts, Justin Dietrich was number 20. Number 19 was Cortland Ford. Number 18 was Romello Height. Number 17 was Zion Branch. Number 16 was Rajon Davis, uh, as well as Eric Gentry. It was, there was a dual entry there. Number number 15 was Jack Sullivan. Number 14 was Jamil Muhammad. So heavy defensive uh, flavor there with the WeRSC group. And I agree with it. My top uh, 20 list has come... Look this way so far. Number 20, Makai Lemon. Number 19, Devin Tompkins. Number 18, Marshawn Lloyd. Number 17, Shane Lee. Number 16, Christian Roland Wallace. Number 15, Romello Height. Number 14, Dorian Singer. We are C's. Number 13, Cumulative. Dorian Singer. Ta da! <laughs> So um, he was where I left off yesterday on my list. So you can see that the the roads definitely crossed here with everybody else, everyone else who was involved with this uh, uh, top 20 list submittal. Right around 13, 14, 15, I guess, um, based on the way the points were uh, accrued, would put Dorian right, in, right here, slotted. Number 13 for WeRSC, I had him 
number 14. Um, so I guess there's really, everyone was right in this particular situation. Now, uh, just a reminder, or if you didn't know, Jordan Addison last year led all USC wide receivers with 59 receptions, and he missed one game, one and a half games with his injury. We know he missed the Cotton Bowl. Um, his replacement, who's coming over, not well, assuming his replacement, Dorian Singer, the transfer from Arizona, he had 66 receptions. So the pro- the production is being replaced by seven receptions. He had 1,100 yards. I went over all of his bona fides yesterday. So um, a reminder, if you missed Monday's episode of Locked on USC, you can go check it out after this episode. But uh, just, I'm sure everyone rem- remembers who watched the USC-Arizona game. He killed he killed USC last year. Seven catches, 141 yards, three touchdowns of the boss variety. Mossing people, one-handed catches. He can line up outside or inside. He's really good. So I guess um, one way we could look at this is Caleb Williams has so many freaking new toys to play with. It's pretty disgusting. Not just new. He's got a lot of toys to play with. And he's getting a few more. So, yeah, he does have some new ones. And I guess Dorian would kind of fit that slide into the new category since he wasn't with USC last year. But he's definitely going to have a veteran presence compared to uh, the next guy who came off of We Are a C. Well, who came off, excuse me, this is my guy. This is who came off my list next. Getting confused here. Um, And according to Chris Arledge, who loves to muse about Zachariah, amongst other things, if you've never been over to WeRSC.com, they've got a subscription special going right now. $9.95 a month or $29.95 for the rest of, well, I shouldn't say for the rest of the year. It will take you through the end of October. August, it will take you through the end of August 30, 2023, fall camp. Okay, there you go, $29.95 for that. So you can sign up for that and you would enjoy Chris's musings. Great writer, hysterical. Anyways, I digress. He loves Zachariah Branch. I do too, um, but he is pretty high on Chris's ta-da list. <laughs> And Zachariah definitely has Heisman Trophy potential. If you don't believe me, go watch the dude's highlight film. Um, it's the, literally, it's the type of stuff where you just go, ooh, he's good. <laughs> and he's only going to get a lot better in Lincoln Riley's offense. I mean, if Caleb Williams is... You know, he's got a lot of different nicknames, but one of the ones that kind of stuck with him during the USC Notre Dame game telecast from ESPN, I think it was uh, Reese, uh, or was it Herb, Kirk Herb Street. One of, one of the ESPN guys called him Joystick. So what would you name Zachariah Branch? 
if Caleb is joystick for all you video game buffs, what is Zechariah on on your on your panel on your joystick panel? What button do you push? I don't play video games, so that's why I sound so stupid talking about it. Um, but I mean, the wide receiver room is deep, and I'm going to go over that and a little bit more in the next seven segment. But how fast can Zachariah Branch um, crack the starting lineup? Does it matter or does it even matter? Because I have a feeling everyone who is familiar with this, this young man, he was highly recruited and highly ranked for a reason. Um, he's going to see the field a ton. There's no doubt about it. And... Uh, so is, is he good enough to make one or two guys that's been on the roster consider the transfer portal? If you remember, Makai Lemon was the first guy off my intrigue list. I just said it a few moments ago. The idea that those two freshmen, Makai Lemon and Zachariah Branch, could be on the field at the same time with Dorian Singer and or Brendan Rice. I mean, is there another freshman duo out there who who could make an immediate impact? It, it's not like the guys in front of those two um, who are already at USC, like they're scrubs. I mean, but I think maybe people might agree, and this is debatable, that Zach and Makai's ceilings are higher than Tosh Washington and Mario Williams, who they're, you know, those guys are probably who they're going to be competing for rotational spots. You also have got uh, Michael Jackson, the third John Jackson, the third, but you have to think that the temptation from Lincoln Riley to test out branch early, especially since he's available during the spring, it's going to have even more intrigue by the time fall camp gets here to the end of July. Yes, week zero game for USC, the end of August, means a week sooner to the start of fall camp. And I'm going to break down who I think will be the starters and the backups on offense coming out of spring camp. Uh, and that's that's up next. But first, are you looking for a really good, delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories? then you got to try Built Bar. And if one of your goals in 2023 is to eat a little bit healthier this year, and you're like me, and you just want to eat healthier, but you don't want to cut out the taste because you're really fickle and everything has to taste good or you don't want to eat it, then I got something just for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, these things are so delicious. You're not even going to think, you're not even going to believe you're eating a protein bar. And what makes Built Bars so good is, well, number one, 100% real chocolate. Let me repeat that. That's right. 100% real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably really good flavors, cool tasting flavors. Uh, they have flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie. Uh, they have something called coconut almond. And I'm not sure how Built goes about it. I've never been to the factory Never watched them produced, uh, but 
they taste like a candy bar. And they do it by main, by maintaining all those macros, what you're looking for in a healthy snack. They're only 130 calories. They come with four grams of sugar. And you're going to get a whopping 17 grams of protein. That's pretty cool. And now you don't even need to wait for them. You don't have to go to built.com to order them. If you're near a Walmart or a Sam's Club, you are in luck. So you can head into your nearest Walmart, walk straight to the pharmacy section, and just grab yourself a, a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar bo- four box of their cookies and cream or their double chocolate, as well as their coconut puffs. And hey, if you're a member of Sam's Club, run in. Go get one of those 13-bar boxes with their current hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. Let me know. Thank me later. I want to thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day because without you, you're somewhere else. And I'm somewhere else. But I want to make sure you check out our brand new podcast called Locked on College Basketball. Sorry about that. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you're going to hear it from the big name experts, insiders, coaches, and the players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Okay. Full disclosure, if you want to get different opinions of what I'm about to go over in on this list here, once you're done making Locked on USC your first listen and Locked on College Basketball, sometime during this week, you're going to be able to check out the Inside the Trojan Huddle weekly podcast that I do at wersc.com. <laughs> And we talked about who the who we thought our probable starters could be coming out of spring camp based on who was available, who will be available at spring camp. And there was a couple caveats where we we added a name here and there uh, for artistic license because number one, we can. And it it leans to the context of why uh, I think regardless of who is available at spring camp, there are going to be certain starters by the time fall camp arrives. So obviously this is going to change um, once everyone is enrolled, as I just said, and able to participate in the, uh, in the competition for their spot. So today I'm going to work, we're going to talk about the offense and then tomorrow's episode, which would be Wednesday's locked on USC episode. Uh, We're going to flip to the other side and talk defense. So quarterback, I'm going to go over the starter, the backup, and then we we basically lined it up as the depth chart. Yes, Caleb Williams is the starter. Um, The only way he will not be the starter coming out of spring camp is he just got really fat and too heavy. And I say that facetiously only because if you've seen any of the latest hype videos, Caleb is looking really thick, swole. Uh, He's putting on some weight, and I think that's going to help him absorb any type of punishment uh, playing next this upcoming season schedule, which is a lot more difficult. We'll talk about that another time. Behind him, obviously, his backup is going to be Miller Moss. For how long? I don't mean that as, oh, Miller's ready to take off and leave. However, 
everybody is assuming that, you know, this year's hot recruit, Malachi Nelson, is the future. But I think everybody also probably assumes that Malachi is going to redshirt this year. Number one, he should. Uh, number two, he's not going to be available to, uh, to compete during spring camp because he ha- he's, re- he's recovering from off-season shoulder surgery to his non-throwing soldier. That's why I pointed to my left. Um, so, number one, he's not going to be the starter coming out of spring camp. Number two, he is not going to be, in my opinion, the backup to Caleb Williams in and out of fall camp. So I just want to get that out there. Um, and when I said, how, for how long does Miller Moss want to be Caleb's backup? Well, he knows that next year the competition is going to be between him and Malachi Nelson for the starter's role. But I think Miller, if he's patient enough, knows that he has the inside track to that, regardless of what people think. And, well, you know, if Malachi's the future, you might as well put him in there, all things being equal. If if there's no separation between the two, then you have that talk. And if Miller understands that, he might need to say, you know what, I've enjoyed my time at USC. I need the reps because I'm good enough to play at the next level. I'm not speaking for Miller. I'm not saying I heard any of this. However, this is what's part of the intrigue going into spring camp. And this is these are some of the storylines. Uh, as far as who will be the third guy on the depth chart, assuming Malachi red shirts, uh, I'm going with Jake Jensen. And, you know, there's a couple other guys out there, uh, walk-ons, uh, Keegan and Roy Gage. Hey, awesome. But we know who will be playing on the depth chart. So uh, as far as running back, my starter coming out of spring camp, and I'm going to do the uh, the dreaded or. So it's going to be Austin Jones or Marshawn Lloyd, the transfer. Now, I really, I think it's going to be Austin Jones. Uh, just the baton was handed to him when Travis Dye went down with his injury. And he, USC really didn't skip a beat. I know it didn't look great towards the very end. Um, but Austin Jones is not a slouch. I mean, I I, I think he's probably going to earn one of those captain's uh, C's on his jersey. He is a, like I mentioned, he's a, number one, he's a veteran presence. He's a locker room guy. He's a pretty good football player too. Now, Marshawn Lloyd, I think eventually will become a starter. He just has that, that physical running style uh, that, you know, he, I, I think he's more twitchy than Austin Jones as well. Whether he is a better all around running back, you guys talk about that. Let me know. Tell me what you think. Um, the backups, Raylick Brown, Darwin Barlow. Again, Darwin Barlow falls into that category for how long does he want to be a backup? He's been around for now a couple of years. And the talent level keeps getting good, better. <laughs> the freshman behind him this year, he might know him. They grew up in Texas, Quentin Joyner, Amari, and Peterson. I mean, when you watch Darwin Barlow run the ball, it's not like you say, oh, I don't like what he does. Ball security has been an issue for him in the past. So again, you've got 
player Austin Jones, Marshawn Lloyd, I think are going to be the 1A, 1B starters coming out of spring camp. Rayleigh Brown, I don't think it's necessary for him to be a starter because you can move him around, uh, line him up at wide receiver, put him in motion, all sorts of good stuff with that guy. Let's get to the wide receivers. I mentioned Zach Branch and Mikhail Lemon earlier. My starters, I'm going to go three across the board. Um, and I'm sure with that being said, you'll see four wide receivers being starters game one. But I've got Taj Washington, uh, Mario, um, excuse me, Taj Washington, Dorian Singer. I mentioned his 66 catches and Brendan Rice. That's a nice starting trio. And I'm talking about the the Cotton Bowl Brendan Rice. Because if we get Cotton Bowl Brendan Rice for 12 games plus, ooh, watch out. Uh, he was unstoppable in that game. He, I mean, he, he made Jerry proud. Made me proud to watch him. Jerry, his dad, the Hall of Fame wide receiver, for those who weren't aware. Uh, the backups, um, I'm going Mario Williams, Kyron Hudson, because uh, I thought he showed a lot in his limited opportunities last year. And I got Michael Jackson the third, And then I'm going to throw Zachariah Branch in there as the wild card. I, I said, you know what? What's going to happen with him out of spring camp? What's going to happen with Makai Lemon? Depth, John Jackson III, the freshman that I'm talking about. I haven't even mentioned Jacoby Lane's name yet. That guy, six foot five. Um, I don't, I don't know if I want to compare him to Tyler Vaughn's, but he's got that length, that acrobatic ability. So we'll see what what Jacoby can do. He's not going to be there for spring camp. So that's why we're not talking about him right now. But we will talk about him. So a lot of depth, a lot of, lot of studs in the wide receiver room. Any uh, candidates in that group? You know, we, we already know that Kyle Ford, he's wearing Smurf blue over at, uh, in Westwood. We know C.J. Williams. He's over in uh, Wisconsin. USC might play against him. In the next two or three years. And uh, Gary Bryant, he is hasn't found a home yet. Don't know what's going to go on with him. I know he's, the goal is to graduate in May, and then he'll go from there. Will he be around in spring camp? Who knows? Tight end. Um, how about Lake McCree or Jude Wolf? Before Jude had his foot injury last year, Jude was uh, primed to be the starter. Lincoln Riley spoke very highly of him. We saw what Lake McCree did last year. Really athletic. I love tight ends who can hurdle guys along the sideline. I think he's going to get even better going into his junior year. Um, Backups. What happened to Malcolm Epps last year? It's almost like he just faded into oblivion the last third of the year. Ethan Ray, is he going to finally get a healthy season? I, Ethan Ray is going to be my Solomon Tuliapupu for 2023. I just want to see Ethan on the field, running around. Same with Jude. 
And then depth, I want you to keep an eyeball on this name, Sean Mahoney. He looks like one of those Utah U tight ends. Reminds me of Dalton Reed, big, burly. If you need a blocking tight end, this is the guy. And every now and then, leak him out down the seam. Give him an 8 to 10 yard reception where he rumbles for 10 to 15, 20 yards, bowling over. Uh, sec- guys in the secondary, like USC, as fans are familiar watching. Let's do it to somebody else. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on quickly here, the offensive line. All right. I'm going to try and tread lightly here, uh, but I'm going to get real here also. My starters out of spring camp, left tackle, Cortland Ford, left guard, even though he won't be available, Ethan White, Center, Justin Dietrich, Jonah Monheim, and right guard, Michael Tarquin will be your starting right tackle. Backups, left tackle, Jarrett Kingston. I'm going to go Gino Quinones, left guard, Andrew Malek at center, Andres DeWork, right guard, Mason Murphy, right tackle. Uh, as far as depth behind those guys, everyone else. Uh, everyone, you can look at the names on the on the roster. Uh, because I'm dealing with time issues here, I can't go over everybody's name. Now, here's what's di- intriguing about the spring camp. People are thinking, well, why wouldn't Jared Kingston be the starting left tackle? Because I think he can also play guard. He's played guard. Is Cortland Ford willing to play guard? That's something to consider. I don't know if Cortland Ford, and I'm talking for myself, is willing to be play that 1A, 1B role that he did last year with another transfer portal guy. He did that with Bobby Haskins. Eventually, he ended up losing the starting role. I'm just wondering, if he is not the starting tackle, left tackle, coming out of spring camp, does he fall into that category? It's like, you know what? I'm doing what I think I should be doing. And if you don't think I'm good enough to be your starting left tackle, maybe somebody else does. I'm not trying to start any controversy here, but there's a lot of intrigue heading into spring camp. A lot of these names you're going to hear, or you might have already heard these names come off the list already. Here's what we know. The offensive line room is a lot better. It's a lot deeper. And they brought over starters from uh, other programs that were, and these guys were coveted everywhere. Jared Kingston, Ohio State wanted him. Uh, the two guys from Florida, they they left a really good offensive line. So, again, um, what are the roles? You know, are, are you going to see? Are you going to see a lot of these guys cross training? Jarrett Kingston, Cortland Ford at guard positions. Uh, that the right side. You know, is Mason Murphy? Is he? He's. We saw him play both left tackle and right tackle. There's a lot of lot going on there. Obviously, it seems like there's a. It's maybe if you're looking at the offensive line room, it might be tackle heavy, and that's a good thing. But these guys can also play inside. Jonah Monheim can play both. All right. So um, 
there, there you go. You know, they brought in three offensive linemen through the portal for a reason. One last guy um, is Micah Banuelos. Is he the future at center? And if he is, does he jump in front of, you know, those guys in the 2023 class on the depth chart? I think Andrew Malek is going to be the backup center to Justin Dinesh this year, uh, this season. I, how fast do they want to make Micah the center of the future? If that's, I mean, that's what they recruited him for. We're going to find out. A lot of intrigue this spring. We're going to keep you linked in. I can guarantee we're going to keep you linked in. And then you can head on over to LinkedIn Jobs. Because if you're a small business owner or a hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. And that's why you need to check in and check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates with more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data. And they, they do that by using insights from your job post. And they go through over 875 million member profiles. That's a lot. They're going to help you identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs make it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all in one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right. We're going to go over time here a little bit because I want to talk about this. And I think you're going to want to hear this. All in favor of shorter football games, say aye. I'm raising my hand. Uh, If you say nay, you're probably in the minority. You enjoy the game. I appreciate you. Um, These games are getting a little bit long. So I'm all for shortening these games, but not by some of these rules that are being suggested. Although I can get along with a couple of them. According to Ross uh, Dellinger from Sports Illustrated College Football, um, they could be making some changes to shorten the length of, of the games. He reported Monday that college football executives are reviewing four different rules that could cut into the total length of a game and the total number of downs played. Quote, Executives of the sport are moving closer to recommending several clock rule changes meant to reduce plays for both safety and game length reasons. Multiple officials tell Sports Illustrated, uh, according to Ross Dellinger. High-ranking college football leaders have been reviewing four specific changes to clock rules, two of which are considered non-controversial and one that has garnered wide support in a fourth that has left some divided. The non-controversial proposals include, number one, 
prohibiting consecutive timeouts, such as icing the kickers. And two, no longer extending a first or third quarter for an untimed down if the quarter ends on a defensive penalty. Basically, the down would be clock starting the next quarter. I'm on board with both of these. I have zero issues with either proposal. Make it happen. There's the gavel slam. Uh, there's a third proposal that's garnering a lot of support. And the clock will continue to run after an offense gains a first down, except inside of a two minute inside of two minutes for every half. Uh, no, just keep the first down clock rule the way it is in college football. No need to start nitpicking at the fabric of the of the college game. That's the separation between them and the pros. And for the very reason what makes college game more exciting than the pros, because of the way you can manage the clock with first downs. I mean, that rule exists in the NFL. And I understand it's got a lot of support. And according to them, it's a big why the college football games traditionally take longer uh, than the NFL games due to the first down rule. I disagree. Now, I do. I'm not going to die on that hill. I'd probably have to accept the rule if they implement it. But as of right now, I object. Uh, What I would suggest, how about shortening the TV timeouts or do better with instant replay? Those delays take freaking forever. I mean, if you could put a satellite in space that can spot a pimple on a flea's butt, uh, why do you need five minutes to decide if it was a catch or an incompletion? Just seriously. The the targeting calls, that's another gray area that's taking a lot of time and ruining the game. Uh, right and right now, and I can't remember where I read this, but they're only getting 60 percent of those calls correct on the field. And then you got to ask yourself about the person who's in charge of said replay, because if it's the Pac-12, um, I'm going to start balancing that scale. It's probably closer to 50-50 or 40-60 in favor of they're getting it wrong on the field. So those are some areas you can expedite the game. In a more controversial fourth proposal, the clock will continue to run after an incomplete pass once the ball is spotted for play. Uh, no, hell no. Whoever came up with it, that lame brain idea, just turn in your resignation yesterday. I mean, that would literally change the way games are called from the staff. No. And we already know how clock management is in this game. It's not the strength of too many coaches. Don't throw that handicap at them. Not now. No. And this isn't a video game. I mean, and while the games can go a little bit long, especially in games where a lot of points are scored, maybe you should guys, those, the rules committees should start looking at how the field was tilted uh, when the rules were adjusted to favor the offenses. So I get it, what you're trying to do with the you know, with 
the clock now? No, 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 no. Just fix your TV timeouts, how long they're taking. Fix your um, instant replay delays. That's what's taking a long time. So thank you. Thanks again. Thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every single day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you want to know about college basketball in one place. Insiders, coaches, players, big name experts. You're going to love it on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, that's it for this episode. We went a little bit over time. I think we had a really good show. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back again for another one because you get us five days a week. So until then, you know what to do.